Hi, I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Oolong. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our 56th episode. And today we're excited to talk to a very special guest um, who works in the culinary industry, who went to culinary school. So that is definitely a new perspective that we would love to hear about. So before we get into it, let's do our weekly recap. Ming, how was your week? I feel like you always call me out first, but yes. I'll say next time. Yes, thank you. Um, I had a nice weekend actually because I think Saturday, Saturday, right, was like pretty nice out, like it was really sunny, especially because I think Sunday was going to be pretty stormy. But so I went hiking um, like the Billy Goat Trail. It was so OK. I regret this because it, it was so like I knew because oh, yeah. it was a nice day. But like we had to stand in line at one point, like wait in line because oh. I guess the trail has like a lot of climbing parts or like parts over rocks. That's a little tricky. And there was like a whole group of people with like it wasn't just a family. It looked like it was like a kid's trip. It was like young kids and they were like trying to get them over the rocks and Stefan and I were like oh boy and so people were trying to go around and we were like should we risk it like should we be kind of risky and like climb around and that ended up being a dead end so we just like waited in line but it was a nice day to do something outside and I'm like looking forward to more sunny days but mm-hmm. yeah were they all like wearing masks and stuff like that like I okay so we were wearing masks and I feel like of the people we saw maybe half 50% were wearing masks it was it was different before the like the rocky sections because everyone could be spaced out in their own like groups or whatever because there was a lot of pass but like once you got into the line like people were just waiting and so Mm -hmm. yeah we kept our masks on but I don't know I'm excited to do more outdoor stuff and it was nice a refresher before work because work (laughs) you know, you're just stuck indoors. And I don't know, I feel like I always have a lot of more responsibilities now at work, or it just seems like the last minute right before I'm like about to like send off my final stuff, like more things will come in. So yeah, that's my update. Yeah, I definitely feel that like this week has been like last week for me. Um, it's been last week was pretty chill. Like I, it was a manageable amount of work. I feel like, and I wasn't too stressed out, but this week I feel like everything is just piling up. Mm-hmm. And also like Monday and Tuesday, I was kind of not slacking, but I wasn't working like very hard. I was doing things kind of slowly. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know, just like the beginning of the week, I'm always feel so sluggish and don't want to do anything. <laughs> but so yeah, that now the mm-hmm. like half of the week is over. I like things are piling up and have to kind of put in more work but other than like work stuff I've I mean this is still work related but I've been like um having more conversations with my coworkers, which is fun and I also met the new um post possible post back like post back candidate for mm-hmm. replacing the other post back in my lab so it's like always nice to meet new people, I guess, especially in COVID times where most mm-hmm. of the time I'm just seeing the same like five people in the lab. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was talking with my coworker and like, you know how I think a few episodes back we were talking about how 
like commiserating is like the best way to get close to coworkers. I definitely yeah. felt that we were just like complaining to each other about <laughs> you know like our jobs and like it was just yeah it was nice to like talk to her like to someone like that at my job besides like just strictly mm-hmm. speaking science like work related stuff it was nice to talk like more random things and, like talk about our personal lives and like divulge more and mm-hmm. yeah it was like the first time I've ever had like divulged more about my personal life ever since starting this job so that was Aww. nice I think were you like in person just talking what were you talking in person in the lab yeah yeah okay. we saw each other in the lab and we were just mm-hmm. we just ended up talking for like an hour but it was fun. Mm. And we like, we we're talking about how, um, so she used to work in a different lab on the same base, but her and her coworkers were a lot more closer because they would have like happy hours. And also she was in a more like woman dominant lab. So mm. it was just easier for her to get closer to the scientists there. And yeah, they would just talk about their personal lives during happy hour. And like, she was like, it's fun to see your PI drunk sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're making plans like after everyone gets vaccinated like and when the old postback has to leave we should do like a farewell party and like maybe oh. go to the breweries in fr- downtown frederick <laughs> so maybe for happy hour so yeah oh, it's I, all it up in the fun. air but it sounds fun yeah i feel like a scene like the human side of your coworkers makes everything like so much better because I've been mm-hmm. slowly experiencing that as well where like slowly people are like talking more or like or like talking in the group chat or whatever but yeah it's kind of wild that it's been a year for you Sally <laughs> like I know a whole year like of just like started candidate yeah mm-hmm. but I feel like it takes a whole year for me to get comfortable in a new environment so I guess yeah. it's about the time that I started like being comfortable with talking to people in my job. You have one year left. <laughs> By the time I'm leaving mm-hmm. next year, I'll I like be that like, new person. Huh? And is coming. Other. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully she has stuff to offer. We'll see. But what about you, Linda? Mm, I guess similar to Sally, I feel like I've gotten comfortable and it's been one year which is a long time I feel like I've gotten good enough at my job to feel annoyed at certain things you know how like when you're not that good you're just like struggling to get things done you're like I can't feel annoyed about anything because I'm not like I'm still learning but now I'm like I know how to do this like stop asking me and then stop asking me these things like I got it but I'm like calm down like humble yourself this is your job <laughs> Um, but it's been nice talking to my coworkers. I like humiliating myself again today because I said, bestie, I'm afraid to ask you this to a oh coworker and then to you know what I meant. <laughs> wait, what is I that mean, from? It's from you, TikTok. Wait. Oh. Um, you called your coworker bestie. Bestie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait, the bestie but thing is like, from TikTok? That's where I've heard it. Oh. Like, is it not? Mm. I'm not an avid TikToker. So yeah, don't, don't say that to me if I'm your coworker. <laughs> well, we talked about TikTok before, but mm. okay. I think so she's in context. Like, yeah, she's like, you know, she's 22. It's that like mm-hmm. um, young kid slang or whatever. So I feel like they've gotten used to it at this point, but I feel like safe enough reaching out and like being more not that professional I think because I'm like I shouldn't have to talk like some robot or like some man to be like professional quote-unquote mm-hmm. I guess um but also oh similar to me I went 
outside on Saturday was super nice. Um, and then I went to Vigilante to hang out Ooh. and like a bird pooped on them on the street. <laughs> oh my and, God, like while they were walking, while you guys yeah, were walking? Yeah, like super randomly. And it's like one of the things you never expect to happen to yeah. you in public. And then we, we got there and we were like, the vigilante only has like a window open so you can't go inside. And we were like, can we please get like some water and like a napkin or something? And then we were like on the side, like um, like cleaning up and stuff. And then we oh got back God. and then we told them our order. And then, I don't know, I was like, everyone was in the parking lot too, like eating their drinks, like, like drinking yeah. drinks and like <laughs> sitting in their car super exposed but mm. it was really nice outside and mm-hmm. nice to go back to you and your old rolling grounds one more I time. miss vigilante I miss yeah. like going there and like trying to study but not actually yeah we yeah. never got any work done there. So, yeah but it was such a nice environment it was like our Panera 2.0 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the coffee upgrade. was so nice I got the mm-hmm. the beans to make it at home and it's, it's just not the same like <laughs> All right, so this week we have a very special guest on with a unique, I guess, perspective or post-grad journey to share with us that we're really excited to have on. So uh, we'd like to introduce Kathy Chen. Uh, We met Kathy, basically all of us met her at the same time from TASA. She was like one of the older TASA students who looked really cool, who was like really involved. And we got to know her through TASA and especially at the the TASA kind of East Coast Conference. We really got to know her, I think, pretty well. and. Yeah, so Kathy's here today to talk about what she's doing and what she's been up to. So Kathy, if you want to introduce yourself, maybe give a brief summary of of what you've been up to or what you your background basically. Uh so hi. Um I'm Kathy. I these days I'm not up to like a whole lot. Um before COVID. I was working and was like the lows of, you know, COVID. So I moved mm-hmm. back home to Maryland to be with my family and to like help out at my family's restaurant. So that's mostly what I'm up to these days. I guess for my background, I UMD with you guys. Um, I majored in communications. I minored in Asian American studies. And then I went to culinary school. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why we wanted to have Kathy on because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of our friends go to like grad school or like, you know, go into some some like professional school or get right into work. And so Kathy had a kind of a unique to us, I guess, experience of going to culinary school. So we wanted to have her on to talk a little bit more about that. And I guess we can start with what you said about majoring in communications. And so that's not an obvious, at least in my mind, not an obvious major. I don't know if there is a, an obvious major for culinary school, but maybe if you could explain a little bit about like why you chose that major or, you know, your thought process of doing communications, but then going into culinary school. All right. If I'm going to be so honest, I'm just not very good at school. <laughs> um, I started out in engineering and then I switched to landscape architecture. And then I really just kept deciding I just like doing those things. You know, I just didn't have a real interest in them. And I was like, at some point, I just need to pick something that I can actually just study and graduate with so I can mm-hmm. do something else. Uh, so I picked communications because it was like one of the easier options, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. 
because my parents actually told me that I could do whatever I wanted in my life if I got a college degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, my first goal was just kind of to get a degree of some kind. Didn't really matter which one. Uh, I didn't always plan on going into food, but like it was something in the back of my mind always. And so I was like, maybe I can just get a college degree. And then because there is at least one thing I know I kind of would want to do, I can just get a college degree and then I can just go do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you said your family works in a restaurant. Do you feel like that was why the Mm -hmm. option was kind of in your mind originally or? Uh, I think that might've been like part of it. I think because my family owns a restaurant, I think it kind of is one of the things that really shows I guess how food brings people together because we have a lot of like really nice customers that are like regulars who've been eating at my family's restaurant for like years and years and years and I've gotten to know a lot of them just from the restaurant like there are people who used to come in every week when I was like in high school and they would come in every week Mm -hmm. as like a family and then when they would come I would like we would talk about like the latest Pretty Little Liars episode or something, <laughs> or I would just get to know people like that. But it was really interesting because not only like did I get to know these people, they got to know each other. My family, there was like a Chinese New Year kind of little gathering every year, except for obviously this year, because mm-hmm. it would have been very dangerous and reckless. Um, so a lot of them get to know each other through that. Like I was just talking to one of them and she was like, yeah, my mom's texting like, this person and like this person and like they're talking about like when they're all going to get together and dine in at your restaurant and I was like oh I didn't even know like all of you spoke to each other outside of the times that you guys (laughs) ate here but apparently they like keep in contact and make plans as to when they're going to eat here so they can like coincide yeah so So I always thought that was like really really cool yeah Mm-hmm. you guys should eat there sometime <laughs> wait what kind of yeah. restaurant is it yeah. oh it's a sushi restaurant okay. yeah wow. not a sushi mm. okay yeah plug that <laughs> to <our> all <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes we'll make a trip one day mm-hmm. so how did your family react like when you told them you wanted to go into culinary school because I'm sure as like as a restaurant owner themselves I feel like sometimes they don't want their kids to go the same route or were they different? Uh, I feel like it was very half and half because they're my parents. I feel like are very, very understanding people for the most part. And they were like, we don't really want you to do it because you're kind of going to have a hard life if you do. Mm -hmm. But if that's what what you really want to do, they were like, you should just go out and do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So they were very, very nice about it. And they're, mm-hmm. yeah, they're good parents. <laughs> I mean, to go back to what you said earlier about how your um, parents kind of just wanted to get, wanted you to get a college degree and then you could think, mm-hmm. that's kind of what my mom was like. Like to her, a college degree was like just something that I needed to have. It didn't really have to be in anything particular. Like it didn't have to be in STEM. It's, that's just what I chose, I guess. But yeah, I guess to my parents and maybe to yours as well, like having a college degree kind of represented stability or mm-hmm. like achieving something beyond high school that was like a main goal for her, for me, I guess. So I can relate to like not actually knowing what I'm going to do in college or like out of college with a degree, but knowing that it's something that I should achieve um, on behalf of my mom, I guess, but also just something to have. And then from there, I kind of just figured it out. 
<laughs> do you need a college degree to go to culinary school though or no you don't so uh uh from mine you just needed a high school diploma there were people in my class that were like fresh from high school oh wow, wow. um like I guess there's a point where you just like like cooking and stuff but when did you make the jump to I want to do it as a career because I feel like um if it's something you just do as a hobby sometimes people just want to keep it as a hobby mm-hmm. but like it takes a lot to like actively want to pursue it as a job you know for your future um I guess I don't know at some point I guess my family also asked me if I wanted to go to culinary school um like they would ask me like every other year they'd be like you don't really like to do other things Kathy (laughs) and I was like you are I was like you're kind of (laughs) right um so eventually I was like maybe this is just will be the thing I do I mean like my parents do it a lot of other people I know do it so you know it's just kind of happened I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I I think I remember from because we also wanted to have you on because you have so many cool experiences with it seems like a lot of the Asian American crowd in the culinary industry at least um from the people that we've seen, like from EZC those and three all these guys conferences. Yeah. <laughs> Most specifically, just those three guys. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about fair. them later. We can talk about them later. But mm-hmm. I um, I remember one of them, I think, said, or there was a question asked about culinary school in general, like not even just college, but like the value of culinary school. And maybe you could like talk about like deciding to go to culinary school or it seemed based on his answer that you didn't even need to, or like it, you could take multiple paths. It seemed like to work in the culinary industry. I definitely, definitely agree. Like, I don't think there's any real need to go to culinary school to be quite honest. I think it might be more possibly like a fast track. Like I definitely think it's mm. easier to maybe get a job in certain restaurants. If you have a culinary school background, you're mm. definitely probably more likely to get hired. Like. I the job I got after culinary school uh technically was an externship but it was basically like a job but basically uh they weren't even really like hiring like I was looking for an externship and they were like okay you know what they were like sure like they didn't even have any open positions but they're like we'll like fit fit you in somehow Mm -hmm. which was really really nice of them but like I don't they wouldn't have done that if I was just like a random person looking for a job probably I was like looking for to like finish my culinary program and they're like we'll help you finish and then like after that you can just like be someone that works here so I definitely think it does make it easier and there are definitely things I learned in culinary school that I probably wouldn't have learned as quickly on my own but I definitely think it's an expensive way to learn how to cook (laughs) if anything and I you for sure don't need it. Like if any of you want to learn how to like cook, just watch a bunch of YouTube videos. Like, it's, not, <laughs> it's not significantly better to go to culinary school. That's true. It's kind of like art school then because people are like self-taught and mm-hmm. end up in the same path. Wait, which culinary mm-hmm. school did you go to? I'm not familiar with like what kind of school okay. is like so, names or anything. Uh, so. <laughs> okay, so uh, I went to the Institute of Culinary Education which mm. ac- the acronym oh. is ICE, which is very unfortunate, <laughs> yeah. but it's much older than the other ICE I wanted to point out. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so there are, 
it's one of the more famous ones. So there's the, the most famous ones are like pretty much the Institute, in the most famous ones are America, I guess I'll say, are like mm-hmm. the Institute of Culinary Education and then like CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. <laughs> these names, these yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. It's really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. But maybe yeah. we can like CIA get into like a it. Much, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, okay. Oh, I was just going to say CIA is like, just a much longer program which is why I didn't go ice is like a very streamlined like mm. eight months mm. and you're done kind of program oh, and I just wanted to like get it over with I guess yeah mm-hmm. it was really short yeah we so, can talk more yeah. about it because I feel like um culinary school is kind of like the kind of like med school or any other like post-grad kind of school where like you don't really know what happens or you see it on tv maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit but like it's kind of to me like a whole nother world so maybe Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that it's only eight months so if you could give us like a quick I mean you don't have to describe the syllabus but like Like what is your day-to-day culinary school I mean to be honest the syllabus the syllabus is pretty short to explain if I'm being honest (laughs) basically you get like your little pod or at least for my culinary school I can't speak for others mm-hmm. but like for the one that I went to you get like a group of people that you kind of do everything with and mm-hmm. you'll go through like five modules of cl- like classes it'll be like basics and then it'll be like uh like regional cooking and then like other things and basically at the end of each module there's like a test there's like a written test and then there's also like a cooking test generally um so Oh, and then at the end, you get like an externship generally at a restaurant or other people do. I think someone did like catering or technically you can get like a food media internship of some kind. Mm-hmm. So, so I just got like di- one in a restaurant, but like I knew a couple of people. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, what's the difference between an externship and an internship? Because I've heard internship with like traditional jobs. I've never heard of externship. I don't know if there's a real difference. Really? I think it's just a difference in the work. I don't think there's a difference. Um, it's literally just like you go there and you work there. I feel like that's oh. it. And I feel like that's kind of what you do as an intern. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think there's a difference. They just use a different word for some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really but cool yeah. that you get to like move around or you're, you're with a group of people that you become familiar with. I think... I would have appreciated that in like undergrad, (laughs) having like a group of set, like not companions, but like cohort, cohort, cohort. that's like grad companions, (laughs) (laughs) cooking companions. Yeah. It would have been nicer if I had liked all of them. Oh, oh, oh. that's true. It's a double-edged sword. um, Well, cause like, I don't know. Some of them were like fresh out of high school. Mm. Some of them you could kind of tell did not come from like the most diverse of backgrounds or areas. Mm. There was mm. a lot of like casual racism, like towards me, if I'm being honest. Mm. It was like kind of wild because I think it's like culinary school is the kind of place you don't expect to get a lot mm-hmm. of casual racism because like food is one of the food is like the yeah you know it's like the equifier or whatever it's mm-hmm. like the thing that everyone's supposed to be open to if like you're obsessed with food you're supposed to be open to like other cultures and like other people not mm-hmm. all of them were so it like, wasn't they were diverse. all very nice to me it's just like it was I was the only east asian 
mm-hmm. it was like relatively diverse I would say but it was like like I don't know they made a lot of Asian jokes like it was like really kind of offensive sometimes and I would tell them that all the time like mm-hmm. they would some like two of two or three of them would like sometimes speak to me in like a Chinese accent like a joke like Ew. one one like a lot of them had never smelled like fish sauce before and they all like freaked out the first time they smelled fish sauce it was like kind of ridiculous I don't know um I also think the way the culinary school taught Asian food was also not great Mm. like yeah I was curious about that like like a lot of the yeah a lot of the recipes I felt like when they were doing Asian recipes a lot of them were a little weird um, but that's not to say like cuisine can't evolve and cuisine can't like mm-hmm. can't oh, change. Like fusion fusion or always yeah, but like I feel like they try to pass these things off as like authentic and it always felt <laughs> like a little weird. And like yeah, some recipes are always a little strange to me and mm-hmm. like but like no one else would also know because I was like, you know, the only East Asian person there. So were uh, teachers um, predominantly like white? Or did they give like um, appropriate teachers to teach appropriate culture foods? All of my chefs in culinary school were white. Mm, wow. Oh. Yeah. Um, not everyone who worked there was white, but all the mm-hmm. chefs that I got were white. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's one module that we have that's like regional cooking. And the only regions they actually do is, Italy, France, and Asia. So you do one week. Asia. It's like two Italian countries cuisine, and a continent. French cuisine. And then, and then one week of just all of Asia. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so the week of Asia was like a little weird because it'd just be like, they skipped over a lot of countries in Asia also. Um, like there'd be like a soup day and we'd make a bunch of different types of like soups or something. But like you can only make so many Oops, a day um <laughs> yeah it was definitely pretty weird um, were students given the opportunity to like I'm sure some of the, I'm, I'm sure some of them had like previous experience of cooking and like like you had previous experience of cooking or being around your parents in the restaurant like were students allowed to you know speak not speak up and like contradict the the, the instructor but like oh, like I've worked with this ingredient before, or this is how I've used it before. Or was it very like, these are the rules. These are how you use these ingredients. It's like very mixed. I feel like sometimes mm. you could do that. Sometimes you couldn't. Like sometimes they'd be like, um, I don't know when I would do it. I'd be like, I'd be like this sauce, like low key following the recipe. I was like, this tastes like not good. <laughs> Can I adjust it? And they'd be like, yeah, like go with your instinct, like adjust it, mm. like do whatever. But there was there are also times where they'd be like they tell you to do something and like you'd do it, but it would come off totally like wrong. Like one time she had us, uh, she had this one of my chefs had one of, this, one of the guys in my class uh, boil rice noodles for like 10, 15 minutes or something, some ridiculous amount of time. <laughs> so they were obviously very, very like mushy. And he was like telling her during the process, he was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. And she'd be like, no, it's fine. Just trust me. And we take them out and they were like terrible. And then you just kind of had to make the dish with these terrible noodles. And it'd be like, so like, sometimes you could, sometimes you couldn't. Mm-hmm. So they kind of follow yeah. a recipe. I know at home, my parents are like, just 
just like put as much as put like this much and they're like super vague <laughs> about everything they don't have any measurements and they'll be like one blue spoon and it's like the one blue spoon we have in our house it's not like a measurement so was it very like recipe based or at home yeah your parents was it also like following a thing so so how they did it is that basically uh in my college school, they give you like an iPad. It's like built into the cost of your tuition. They give you an iPad and they load it with like textbooks and like recipes mm. and like lesson plans. And so you're supposed to read like the lesson plan and like the recipes for the class that uh, like before you go into class that day. So you kind of understand what's going on. And then you like just like make the recipes. But like sometimes I thought maybe they gave us like weird recipes because they wanted us to know how to achieve dust them like the seasonings would be off oh. and I I don't know that's like a theory I've never actually proven <laughs> it like no one ever admitted this to me but I was like there's no way they're teaching us to make this and it tastes like just like kind of wrong right I don't mm. know hard to say oh, I think so just a lot of the recipes oh. were dated if I'm being honest mm. mm-hmm. oh sorry oh, no, what wait, did sorry. you do to, to get in like, was the application different than you? the other ones? You, you don't really do anything to get it, if I'm being honest. You kind of just, like, fill out so a if you want to go, and you just like, go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think anyone could get into culinary school. I don't think it's very, like, you know, challenge. It's not like med school where they, like, you know, <laughs> make you take a food test or something and check your scores. Mm-hmm. You just, like have to be able to afford tuition Mm -hmm. yeah that was always my question about culinary school because it seems like like I guess what we've been kind of talking about a little bit is like the idea of teaching how someone how to cook like there's definitely it seems like techniques you can learn or different styles or ways to cook but like everyone cooks right everyone has to feed themselves in some way so it's it's like very interesting to hear about how you like build a curriculum around something that everyone does naturally and like like do you have homework or is it like that structured like an like a regular school you would say like obviously it would be more hands-on but like I've always wondered because my sister is really into cooking and like she's talked about culinary school like that but my mom was always like what like you cook here like you know (laughs) figuring out that difference um there was homework, but there was very, very little homework. And half the time people in my class didn't even turn it in, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Like, um, like I turned in all my assignments because I was like, they're also all like one page, two page papers. Like I went to a regular college. It was like <laughs> just like much, much less than like what I was used to in regular like college already. Like I think some some of them coming from high school, they thought it was a lot. Oh. But it was like it'd be like pick up spice and write like one page on it. <laughs> and then there'd be no homework for three weeks. Like it'd be pretty simple stuff. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Um, Did you have room for like improvising? Like, okay, I don't want to use this as a reference, but this is like one of my only uh, references to bake cooking. <laughs> um, but on the Great British Baking Show, like- I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Do you do stuff where you had to, you're given like a prompt and then you had to make your own interpretation or something? That was kind of what my final was. Okay. Um, basically, my final was like, they were literally like, it's going to be like competition. 
Oh, no, like but they gave you kind of like a practice day so you would know what was going on. Yeah. So basically they'd be like, this, you're going to, for the final, you break down a whole fish and you break down a whole chicken and then you make two dishes out of each. And so for, you have to make one like wet heat cooking method and one like dry heat cooking method. So one has to be like boiled, braised, poached in some way. And one has to be like seared, sauteed or grilled or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically they would give you a bunch of ingredients. Like you'd get to, you'd get to walk in a class and you'd get to like read kind of like the list of vegetables or whatever we got for the day. And you would have to like make a dish and you get like an hour or something. And then you'd have to present at the end of it. And then like the chef, like, you know, criticizes you. (laughs) Oh, wow. That was stressful. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I did really well though. So. Okay. So you didn't (laughs) get criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, you, well, you got like a practice day. So you got to, got to like kind of do it. And then he'd be like, and then on the day of you just do kind of like the same thing, but you get to request one special ingredient. Like you can just request something that's not on like the list of things we have for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. It sounds Did like it. a cooking show, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, the last day was just basically a big cooking show. It was <laughs> stressful (laughs) did like um I guess in any of your you said you took tests and then obviously like your your final like four dishes was there ever a moment where it could be argued that if they give like negative feedback or had some critiques like it could be argued that that's just their taste like you know because like art like food seems to be subjective obviously if something's like super salty or something like that or like there's obvious mistakes that you can make or you burnt something, but like, could, isn't food in some ways subjective? Like how, how are you graded on that? It could be kind of racist um, too. Like this, <laughs> yeah. good, you know. <laughs> um, well, um, this is like one of those things where you couldn't argue, like you couldn't go into mm. a test and you got a bad grade. You couldn't be like, I disagree with what you're saying like you could maybe say it later in private but you cannot go up to the chef and be like like one time this girl like he said her dish was like dry or something mm-hmm. and afterwards she was like really upset and she was like I don't think it was dry but like obviously she can't <laughs> just go up and say that to the chef uh but yeah so like when it comes to tests you just you're just not allowed to argue you're supposed to assume they know better and you, they know more like in mm-hmm. a cooking competition like I guess you don't argue with the judge right mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. so the hierarchy is pretty strict then like the head chef or like the sous chef or something and then I yeah. don't know anything else that comes later <laughs> sous chef with the assistants or yeah. the people who wash dishes it's okay after, <laughs> after that it's line cook oh. <laughs> that's what I am oh third in the line yeah. right okay. yeah, third we're man. not even like third in the line it's just like everyone else you oh. know? we're just the left <laughs> I think this is like a good segue into the next kind of like topic, I guess, of like, how did you apply whatever you learned to in culinary school to like real life? Like, or did you apply anything at all? Because I feel like something that we're struggling with right now, recently graduated is like, did we actually need like any of the stuff that we we learned in undergrad? So what was that like for you to transition, I guess? Um, okay, well, I feel like it's one of those things that like, I guess I don't even know if you really needed it. Cause I feel like like maybe you'll need it in like some sense, but like, you know, like 
what a lot of what I hear from, especially from like the chefs that were like teaching us, they'd be like, you're going to like think, you know, a lot when you finish culinary school, but like, you're going to go out and get a job and like, you're literally going to be like a prep cook. Like you're going to be probably like, you're probably going to be like someone who like spends like eight hours a day, like cutting apples for someone else or something <laughs> um, like that. Like Panera, like, basically. You have to remember like when you finish culinary school, you're like the, yeah, you're like the bottom of the barrel still. Like you're basically nobody. That's like kind of what they told you. Um, <laughs> So, um, I won't say it was exactly like that when I got my job, but it was kind of like, I don't know if I really needed a lot of what I learned. Cause it was a lot of like, they kind of tell you how to do things. Like when you work, they have like a set kind of way everything is mm. made and you just kind of yeah. have to learn to make it like that for the most part. And so I don't know exactly how much they would have taught me. Cause like, yeah, like I know, like if I know how to tell like if a chicken's like not like fully cooked if I take it out of the oven, but in like at the restaurant, they'd be like, you're going to put it in for exactly like four minutes or five minutes and you're going to pull it out and it's going to be perfectly cooked. Like it's much more like there's much more of a larger system at work mm-hmm. to make like sure that things control. don't go wrong. Yeah. There's like a quality check. There's like a certain standard that everything is done. So yeah. you don't have to guess, do as much guesswork. Standard operating protocol. Yeah. Ew, SOP. SOP. Exactly. <laughs> but that's like what it is. It's just a, a set standard for how things work. Mm-hmm. So make sure you, you don't give like all chicken to anyone. That's true. Do you feel like you were making like expensive things in school or... I think that's what I hear when I was like, oh, you're learning about at an expensive restaurant kind of thing. Do you feel like it was pretty high end or you could just do it for whatever? Um, like some things were like sometimes like I learned how to cook foie gras, but like I'm probably never gonna cook foie gras again because I also don't even like to eat it that much. But <laughs> yeah, I guess like sometimes they would get you like more expensive ingredients. Um like I think once we got like uh once but there was like one day they did a sushi day where you just like learned to wrap sushi one day. It was kind of <laughs> weird. It was like not very good in my opinion, but it's whatever. Yeah, coming from a sushi restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah. after. laughs> I mean like this is fine. It's whatever. <laughs> I mean like it's great for the fact that you guys learned in a day. It's fine. <laughs> I, I imagine I must have been like really annoying to be in class with. <laughs> I'm surprised because your culinary school is in New York, which is like the mecca of of food and you know like that whole business. So they should have like all this experience with different cultures, foods, and uh, like di- just different types of foods in general. But it seems like they're still very. European centric okay, I guess I I have a story to tell so one Ooh, time yes. we had a sandwich day and basically <laughs> they gave you a list of sandwiches and basically uh it was also like family meal day so basically your culinary mm-hmm. class was supposed to make um food for the entire staff so for our sandwich day which was also family day or family meal day we would all just like pick a sandwich from this list and we would uh we'd all just make a bunch of that sandwich so i got bun me the recipe card for bun me was spelled wrong (laughs) (laughs) which was already kind of like a red flag yeah it was spelled like b-a-h-n like m-i uh it also 
traditional banh mi is like supposed to have like pate in it, which this recipe also did not. And then so, mm-hmm. so the recipe had me like marinate chicken in like fish sauce and like grill it. And as I was marinating the chicken, like I was just following a recipe also. This wasn't like anything that came out of my head. I was just like reading something and doing mm-hmm. it. And like people in my culinary class were like, oh, this smells terrible, Kathy. I'm not going to eat it. And I was like, oh, no. great, chill. And then I started cooking it. And then this girl walks up to me and she's like, no offense, this smells like dog food. That's so rude. Oh my God. Oh yeah, I'm telling you, the casual racism and the rudeness was just That's so not very, even very casual. Real. That's just like yeah. blatant a direct out, attack. Right? <laughs> wow. Wait, how many how many were were in your cohort? I don't know if we mentioned uh, that. Eight or nine, I think. Something like that. Eight or nine. Okay. So a decent amount. I think we were one of smaller classes. They mix out at 16. Because, like, the kitchen's only so big. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Like, were you able to ever... Uh, I don't know. What's another word for, like, fight back? Not fight, but, like... Retaliate. Not retaliate. <laughs> literally, like, was, like... Literally, every time something happened, I would literally just be like, okay, that's, like, kind of racist. You get that, right? And they'd be like, oh, I don't want to be, like, rude or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, I'm just kidding, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I'd be like okay sure but then they'd like do it again so nobody helped you like there was one southeast asian guy in the class who made a lot of jokes too so I don't mm. really know how... yeah I don't know mm. that's so disappointing like the fact that like you said earlier that you would think that people going into cooking has had some broader appreciation besides just like white food like you're going into to learn how to cook different things you would think they would know that and the fact that like it's so blatantly like racist I don't know yeah that's that's upsetting yeah I only still talk to like one person from my culinary class I don't really speak to like any of the other ones anymore I've blocked one on Instagram too and everything like (laughs) I don't associate with the majority of them yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So being in New York didn't help at all, right? I thought it was supposed to be kind of diverse or were you in the city or kind of removed from it? We were, well, no, we were in the city. We were like, um, the location of my college school is kind of weird. It's like a big office building. The third floor, the culinary school and the first two floors are like a luxury mall complex. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know how that happened, but that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. So how did you, I mean, obviously you found your your job through the externship, but like, mm-hmm. like I talked about earlier, like it seemed like you had made some pretty cool friends or at least like co-worker kind of like friendships, connections, <laughs> um, especially in the Taiwanese American space, it seemed like. So is that true or like? <laughs> how did you form those connections if like your entire class was kind of shitty <laughs> okay so actually what kind of happened the first connection I formed was actually because of ECC because so the uh the guy that owns 886 or one of the guys that owns 886 Eric mm-hmm. he basically mm-hmm. like on and like them wanted him for like ECC and she happened she 
went to New York that one week and she was like, meet me at 886. We're going to get like lunch or dinner or whatever. And I'm going to ask him if he wants oh, to wow. go to UC. Oh. So that's like literally what happened. And that's like the first time I met him. Oh my gosh. And then hey, he was he at said, UC well, he said yes. and the then, year before or two years before too. He's always at ECC. <laughs> I remember I met him at my first ECC. And that was the same one that we like ruined with you. The Rutgers during. one? Yeah, Rutgers. Wait, was no. It? Are you talking about Eric Sai or whatever? Yeah. He, he was okay, the only no, one no, out no, of the three guys a... there. At that ECC. He went before? I didn't even yeah, know that. Okay, kind of crazy. there. But anyways... <laughs> You met because of Yvonne. Yeah. Busting through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I thought you were talking about a different Eric at first. Because you know there's that like one guy who goes to every ECC whose name is also Eric, I think. I'm confusing the Eric. <laughs> Why is everyone called Eric? Oh, okay, but the, Eric the chili Eric oil guy. Is the guy that, yeah, Eric Z is the chili oil guy. Okay. okay. Um, but he um. Yeah, so that's like I first met him because of Yvonne, basically. Um, and then um, the other guy, Richard Ho, the guy that owns Ho Foods, like the beef noodle soup shop. Mm. My apartment was actually directly above his restaurant, pretty much. Which is like just a weird, random coincidence. Wow. Yeah, like it was that was like I got that apartment just by like random chance. Uh, I had no idea his restaurant was even there when I got it, but it was just. That was just like a weird coincidence. And then I got a job at the third one of those restaurants at Winston in Brooklyn. Wait, who was that um, again? So Andy or something? Um, Josh. Andy. Oh, totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what a random name. <laughs> but yeah, so I got a job at the third one. So that's kind of how I meet each one of those connections, which is Wait, that's pretty the furthest funny, out I think, because like from... I worked. Is that wait? Did you live in Brooklyn or in Manhattan at the time? No, I lived in Manhattan. I lived in like East Village above. Oh. <laughs> so it's literally the farthest <laughs> restaurant that you chose to extern at. Well, it was also like they had a bigger kitchen, so it's also easier mm. for them to take externs. Mm. Yeah. So I asked Eric actually a while ago when I first met him, if he did take externs and he said, not really. Cause the kitchen's small. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you guys still like in touch or. Uh, I'm kind of still in touch with Eric. Hmm. He's pretty cool. What was the your experience <laughs> like working? I mean, you went from kind of like overtly racist, like group and like sketchy like asian food recipes to like working in it at like an asian uh i don't know was it like a rest yeah an asian restaurant so what was that experience like like did it feel better i guess or i don't know uh i definitely would say it would feel better because like i think it felt much better because like you know no one was speaking to me in a chinese accent weirdly mm. and randomly for no reason mm. Or making mm -hmm. like jokes about my ethnicity or anything like that. Because like the weird thing about that, they would all do that, but they would all still pretend like we were all friends and it was all chill. But like, Ew. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I definitely think it was just a much nicer environment. Like it was more hectic and stressful in the sense that like I think like having the like the jo like the job itself I think was kind of stressful because like I'd never really been a line cook at a restaurant so busy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a learning curve kind of, but mm-hmm. the environment of people, I definitely think was much nicer. Yeah. yeah. So what does being a line cook entail? What is a line cook? It basically means listen to what the chef says. Uh, <laughs> a line cook just, uh, you just cook food like on the line, I guess is what they call it. Like, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like the assembly line of food, I guess mm-hmm. you kind of mm-hmm. just like I had a station, like generally line cooks will get like a station. I yeah. had like, uh, and there was like wok and there was plancha, which is like the flat top grill. So basically I was plancha and basically all foods uh, that got cooked on there, like, you know, I would cook. So mm. basically the chef kind of just tells you the things to make and you just like make them. <laughs> okay. So basically my frame basically of reference, all I did. my frame of reference for like, like kitchen like professional kitchens is ratatouille and like the random (laughs) food network shows on tv so like is it like it yeah like (laughs) is it really like that where people are like so frantic and it's like super high pressure kind of environment like when it's busy i would say sometimes it is wow uh again i've never worked in a i would say there's probably less like or like you know i would i want to say there's probably less verbal abuse so there's definitely less verbal abuse, but like um no because I feel like when you watch those it's always like someone yelling yeah. at someone else and mm-hmm. very rarely do people get yelled at unless they make like a lot of mistakes I guess uh yeah. I want to oh. say I want to uh-huh. say they're also trying to move kind of like kitchen culture kind of away from that to be less verbally abusive because I think like the roots of it are definitely more like the Gordon Ramsay type yeah. of thing but I think yeah. like now people are going like oh that's like pretty wrong guys we shouldn't mm. be like that did you hear about the momofuku guy like he came out with a book and apparently he was like verbally abusing or he was just like a rude person uh, in general that, i don't know if you know that person I like david have heard something. Of this. oh yeah david chang david chang <laughs> i don't personally know him but like i have definitely heard that's like a thing that he's like you know kind of mean sometimes <laughs> um yeah I think I once asked uh one the chefs that worked at my and he was like uh he may have met David Chang I'm not totally sure but he was like yeah but he like he's like really smart and he makes like a system that works and like I don't like he's very like I don't know if shrewd was the word he used I don't really remember but he was basically saying like he has like a good business, I guess. So like he mm. kind of, I guess like, I don't know how to word this in a way that makes it sound okay, but like, <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. I've also heard that the industry is like, uh, or has been in the past, pretty male dominated. Like it's the same idea where it's like the women are the ones cooking in the homes, but when you like go into the professional kitchens, it's like men or a similar kind of vibe like that. Like, is that um, true based on your experience? Or obviously it's different per kitchen, but what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, I, oh, I definitely think that's true. There's like a, I think it's like 6% of New York restaurants and chefs are women or something like that. And wow. when I actually got, when I first got my job at Winson, I was like super, super nervous. Cause when I did my, uh, so before you get a job, you do a trail at a restaurant, which is kind of like an audition where you go there and you kind of like learn what the restaurant's about. And like, maybe you'll like work a 
little bit and they'll kind of see if they want to hire you or not. When I did my trails, there was like not a, no woman there. And I was like really, really nervous that it was going to be like all men. But mm. the first day on the job, I found out there was one other woman line cook. So it like <gasps> was reassuring to know that I wasn't going to be the only woman there. It's like nerve wracking to be in the kitchen with other only one. men. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine like 6%. That's such a small number. A very small number. Yeah. I feel like in school, we always learn about like, oh, we need to balance out STEM, you know, like more women in STEM and CS and like 6% in cooking. <laughs> we got to balance out the food industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quit your jobs, guys. All of you become, become chefs. Okay. <laughs> we got to work on this. <laughs> balance it out. Open up the moving along cafe. <laughs> Oh, oh, Linda would love maybe. that idea. <laughs> Linda's we dream. tried doing home home cafes because we see the the ones on Instagram where it's like super aesthetic. It's so hard. It it just comes out looking so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just need to buy a really expensive espresso machine, and that's like ninety percent work. It tastes nice, but it just looks um, it is in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> So did you make anything like original or were you just doing what the, the the head person told you to do? Like, was there a thing that you like super really enjoyed making? Oh, like in, like in my, in the restaurant I worked at is what you're saying? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, I just kind of did everything I was told. You know, I didn't <laughs> make anything original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, uh, I feel like when you're a lawn cook, you it's not like your job to make something original. You know, it's kind of just your job to make sure the restaurant runs every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you could, like, what would you make? Um, I don't, I don't know, like in addition to like what was already on the menu or. It's or like if hard you were to, to open your own say. restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> People ask this question like a lot. Really? What do you say? I actually never know the answer. Um, (laughs) I always say that I would make it a Taiwanese restaurant. And I always say that there would for sure be like guava and beef noodle soup. Those Mm. are mostly the things Mm. I say. The classics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I'm curious if working in a restaurant, like going through the whole process of going to culinary school and then in the restaurant, like we talked about this earlier a little bit about how, um, people have hobbies and it's like taking that jump to make it into a real job. And I think we've also talked in different episodes or like just on our own time, like how sometimes uh, doing that or jumping into like making it into a career or like a side hustle or whatever can make it like less fun or like less enjoyable. Have you experienced that with cooking? Like, do you enjoy cooking? I mean, now you're at home. So do you enjoy cooking just like whatever, or is it like so career focused now? Do you know what I mean? kind of an interesting question because I feel like every time I like cook food and like my dad or my brother say it's really good they're like so when are you gonna open a restaurant and then all of a sudden I start to get like nervous and I start Mm. to feel like pressured and then I'll go like you know I don't really know because I don't open one like just yet because I feel like it would tie me down to be in like one place Mm -hmm. um because I'm hoping to move back to New York pretty soon uh hopefully fingers crossed Mm -hmm. uh after I get my second dose of vaccine but yeah (laughs) but I 
I do get like nervous thinking about like having to open a restaurant and then like maybe doing the same thing or like somewhat of the same thing every single day. Yeah. But then I also sometimes think it'd be cool to open a restaurant and then like change the menu like a lot or like do like just like a lot of different things. Cause my parents like almost never, like their parents never actually change the menu. They'll like add things on until we Mm -hmm. have like the longest menu in the world like if you ever come and you just like it'll take you like 20 minutes just to read the full menu um yeah so like I just want to be able I guess to still be able to like create and think of new things all the time mm. so oh, you do a food if truck, I did for and you can just drive I just around. want it to be oh my god <laughs> another one I hate drives. driving <laughs> <laughs> I hate driving a lot Relatable. It's like part of the reason I really have to be because I really cannot keep driving, guys. But yeah, that makes sense. Like if you're like, like your experience of being a line cook, you're doing literally the same thing. Like even staying in the same spot, working all over the same stove. Like how is that? I guess it's fun in a way, but like I could, I could see how it could become really repetitive. And like, I guess that's just what happens when you do a restaurant, unless you're like in charge and mixing it up all day. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can go on Chopped and then you can really have oh a giant oh Become a celebrity <laughs> chef, <laughs> Celebrity I, chef. Become a YouTube I chef. I haven't watched a lot of food shows, but I'm pretty sure for like half of them, can't you like not be a professional? Don't you have to be like a like a home cook to qualify? I think Is it depends on the show where it's like oh, Chopped okay. like the, or... I don't know, like, um, my sister watches, like, Beat Bobby Flay or whatever, and it's, like, the celebrity <laughs> Bobby Flay versus, like, the like the mom who, like, cooks at home and, like, going head-to-head, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that goes into more of, like, your future plans. Like you said, you wanted to move back to New York soon, hopefully. Are you hoping to get, or is it possible to get the job again that you worked at the same restaurant, or, like, are you going to try out something different, or would you always stick with an Asian restaurant, I guess? So technically it is possible for me to get that job back. Like, um, it's not like a sure thing, but they basically said if I ever came back to New York, they would be like, just like hit us up and like, we could probably Mm -hmm. like fit you in. Uh, I might get a different job. Um, I like might kind of have a job offer right now. It's like a little open the airish. Um, yeah. Uh, I think cook? one day I should work. Yeah, like a line cook job. Okay. I think one day I should work in like a non-Asian restaurant just because I think <laughs> I need to like branch out because like you can only spend so much time cooking in like a million different Taiwanese restaurants before you, you know, know <laughs> most of what you should know. Oh. You should go to Taiwan and then go like learn some stuff there, you know? Do they have that? Like study abroad for culinary... <laughs> study abroad I don't think they have a culinary version of study abroad <laughs> that might be helpful for your white fr- or not friends but your white cohort mates <laughs> those people I don't think Actually, anymore yeah I'll, yeah I'll let them know <laughs> um I'm not sure if they'd down. be very nice to the people there mm. Mm. wait I have one last question so my dad used to work in a restaurant when he was he was working like part-time while studying in college. So he would always tell us, um, like whenever we try to learn cooking for him, like when you're working at a restaurant, you just got to look over your shoulder to learn how, like how to cook or whatever. Like, you no know, one actually teaches you, you just like observe from watching like the head chef or whatever. <laughs> Is that true? Like, do you just 
learn everything from observing in the kitchens or how what is that like uh i don't know if it's exactly wait what did he do in the restaurant your I don't know. he just did like dad, he was like, it was a chinese restaurant so he just did like stir fry oh. or something i don't know <laughs> oh i don't know if that's exactly true um <laughs> All the truth. I mean, I guess it's like right. I Go ahead. Kind of, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I guess it's like one of those things where it's like you learn to do everything in your station, but then there's like other stations mm-hmm. where you don't know like what they're about or exactly how um exactly how to make those dishes. And like I think it's like eventually maybe you'd like learn them, but I guess you do tend to get like curious and you like look around. Like, I didn't even work in that restaurant for that long. But after, like, a little bit, you kind of already know how to do everything at that station. So I guess you kind of, like, look around. You want to know what else there is and, like, mm. what else is going on in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's, like, half true, maybe. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. All right. I guess our last thing for you is, do you have any advice for people that are considering culinary school or just culinary career in general? Um, I would probably say don't go to culinary school if I'm being (laughs) honest I would just see if you can get a job in a kitchen first and if you like really really can't then I think you could go to culinary school but I think like just see who's hiring around you it doesn't even have to be like that nice of a restaurant or anything like just see who's willing to like teach you things in a professional kitchen and go from there Mm -hmm. culinary school is expensive guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) Thanks, Kathy, so much for coming on to our podcast. Um, it was really interesting talking about culinary school and like your culinary experience because I've never, like, I don't know anyone else who is going down the same path as you. So you're our only source and I'll believe everything you say is true. <laughs> true. <laughs> I lied about but, everything, actually. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, but um, before we let you go, do you have anything you want to promo or plug? Uh, follow me on instagram (laughs) underscore chen and you guys should all eat at my parents restaurant mato sushi in timonium maryland for sure yes it's really close to a mass vaccination site so you can get a vaccine oh you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly what else could you ask for If you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at movingalongpod and check out our Medium blog for all of our bonus contents. You can follow us there at movingalong.medium.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye.